Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, this is Chandler coming to you from the editing booth. Uh, so, if you are not aware of who Lizzie Borden was, uh, she may or may not have committed axe murder. So, uh, we do get a little bit into the details of what happened on that fateful day in August of 1892. And if you're one who is perhaps a bit squeamish about double homicide, uh, well, maybe you might want to skip this one. Um, but for those of you who are not so squeamish, we hope that you will enjoy this episode on Lizzie Borden. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom! Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? I am. I'm always ready to go on an adventure with you. Let's go! All right, let's give it a whirl. Let's do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being there. We're so happy you're listening. Absolutely. Uh, we are uh, thrilled uh, for all of those who have been uh, listening and supporting us uh, for uh, all these four years now. And uh, f- those who are just joining us as well, we're uh, very grateful uh, to all of you listening out there. Uh, for those of you, if this is your first episode of History in Retrograde, we'd like to welcome you. The way that we normally do things around here is uh, that I uh, find a historical figure and uh, get their uh, birth information uh, to my mom, and she puts all that data into the back computer, and out comes the uh, astrological birth chart, where all of the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment that that person was born. Uh, she then does her best to give a blind reading of that chart, telling us what she can about the person's uh, personality traits, motivations, fortunes of this uh, historical figure. I then reveal to her who our mystery history guest is, and then uh, give a little background about the person uh, before we uh, come to a conclusion as to how accurate the chart was at predicting what that person would do. And without any further ado, let us begin. Okay, let's go. This is a female. All right. 
born on the 19th mm-hmm. of July. All right. 1860. Ooh, okay. Do we have a time? We do. Ooh. It is 9.46 a.m. All right. Okay. And where? The United States. Mm-hmm. And what town? Fall River, Massachusetts. All right. Let's see what happens with this. All right. Okay. Um, wow. All right. Do you see all this? I do. That's a lot. That's a that's a stacked house. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot of Leo. That's a whole bunch of Leo right there in the eleventh house. Okay, so uh, I will start with the ascendant on this chart, and the ascendant on this chart is Virgo. If that is the accurate time of birth, uh, it is 25 degrees Virgo. And then we have sun at 27 degrees Cancer, moon at 10 degrees Leo, Mercury at 22 degrees Leo, Venus at 26 degrees Cancer, Mars at 24 degrees Capricorn, Jupiter at four degrees Leo, Saturn at four de- at twenty five degrees Leo, Uranus at ten degrees Gemini, Neptune at twenty nine degrees Pisces, Pluto at nine degrees Taurus, North Node at two degrees Aquarius, Chiron at twenty six degrees Aquarius. Part of Fortune is nine degrees Libra, and she has Lilith. At 19 degrees Pisces. Very interesting. So. Hmm. All right. So we're going to start with her ascendant in Virgo. A person who has their ascendant in Virgo is going to be very quick. Very quick thinker. Very quick with their language and their comebacks and um, in-depth um, vocabulary. Um, they have a lot of information. And they should come across fairly put together. I mean, they shouldn't look... I don't know. I would think that they would look more clean and put together than more, um, I guess... Well, any, whatever style they want to use, they're going to do it correctly, if that makes any sense. So, um, now looking at just bringing in the part of fortune for fun, which is what it sounds like it is. All right. This person has part of fortune in Libra in the first house. Now, normally we don't go into these, but I just think it's fun to do a couple of these for right now. And having this part of fortune in Libra in the first house would lend me to think that this was a very pretty person, very nice looking, 
very, very wholesome and pretty. Um, not necessarily like sexy pretty, but girl next door kind of pretty. That That is what I think. And um, then, so first house cusp is Virgo. Second house, even though the part of fortune in, in Libra is in the first house, the second house cusp is Libra. So second house is your finances and your valuables and money. It's ruled by Venus. It's, it's also ruled by Taurus. And this person doesn't have anything in that house, but they do have Libra on the second house cusp. So I would think that they would be mindful of their money as far as balancing their finances because it's Libra, but they could also like to buy a lot of nice things. So there's that. There's nothing in the house. So there's not anything, you know, other than the actual house cusps to address. Then third house cusp is Scorpio. There's nothing in uh, the third house. Um, but third house could make this person communicate in a way that is not necessarily like, I would assume that this person maybe had things that they kept to themselves. Like they don't tell everybody everything. Now, midway through the third house, it changes to Sagittarius. So even though the third house cusp is Scorpio, there is some of the Sagittarius energy in there. There's no planet in there, but it lightens that Scorpio communication a little bit. Fourth house cusp is Sagittarius, and we have Mars in Capricorn in the fourth house. Mars in Capricorn is very strategic and very ambitious. And it's in the fourth house, house of home and immediate family and deeper parts of yourself. So I would imagine that even though this person has Sagittarius on the fourth house cusp, they were mm, ambitious in their home was nice, not necessarily like opulent because it would need to be tasteful because it's Capricorn. This is what I would think. And then fifth house cusp is Capricorn, but it's just this tiny little two degrees that are left in there, you know? And then most of the fifth house is Aquarius, which is interesting because fifth house is entertainment, entertaining, children, romance, hobbies, mm, things that make you happy, light things. And this person has North Node at two degrees Aquarius and Chiron at 26 degrees Aquarius. So I would think that because of the North Node being the direction in your life and mm, Chiron being the wounded healer that this person is somehow healing groups of people because it's Aquarius with their entertainment 
And it's something that they feel they need to do. Entertainment or entertaining or, I don't know, it could be groups of children, but it is definitely groups of people because it's, it's Aquarius. Um, sixth house cusp is Aquarius, but again, that house is mostly, uh, Pisces. Um, the only thing I'm really going to discuss right here is Lilith, uh, which is, um, for this person, it would make this person kind of rebelliously creative, go against the norm with their creativity in their work and how they work. They're working in a way that is different than whatever they're doing, whatever they do in their life, they're, they have to do it different. They're not going to do it the way everybody else does it. And it should be creative because it's Pisces. And then this person has Neptune at 29 degrees Pisces in the seventh house. So... Neptune in Pisces. Neptune is at home in Pisces already. So it's like double what it might be in another sign, but it's also at 29 degrees. So it's super important. It's, it's, I mean, this person could be really intuitive this person could be super creative or this person could end up either. I mean, the dark side would be addicted to substances or alcohol or even be mentally ill or be with people who are because it's seventh house. You see? Yes. Is this making any sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, then... We have Pluto in Taurus in the eighth house. Now, Pluto rules the eighth house. Pluto is the planet of transition, death and rebirth, taboo things. Pluto rules Scorpio. But here we have Pluto in the eighth house and a lot of famous people have Pluto in the eighth house. It's the house of legacy. It's the house of partners, money. It's the house of um, inheritance. And this person has Pluto in Taurus in the eighth house. Now, I mean, Pluto being a planet of death and rebirth, there could be a situation where this person had a fortune, lost a fortune, gained a fortune, inherited a fortune, is famous, any of these things, especially because I'm saying money and fortune because it's Taurus and that's money. Taurus is ruled by Venus, but Taurus is money and commodities and valuables libra is more the beauty and jewels and i mean Taurus is also loving and, and all those things but it's more connected directly to money and earthy things and commodities even food you know so there's that then ninth house cusp is Taurus. But we have Uranus and Gemini in the ninth house. Wow. Uranus and Gemini. Sheesh. So Uranus rules Aquarius. Uranus is future. Uranus is um, technology. Uranus is I brand new ideas, inventions, uh, forward thinking, um, 
power to the people. And in Gemini, it's somehow communicating those things and out of the blue. So in the ninth house, this person, ninth house is ruled by Jupiter and Sagittarius, and it is um, world travel and higher education, university education. And so this person would have needed to learn in, an, in a unique way. Everything about this is unique. The communication is unique. Even maybe the way they travel is unique. There's something very specifically unique about this person and how they go about learning and traveling and even maybe how they worship, you know, like they worship unusual in an unusual way, something like that. The 10th house cusp is Gemini, but in the 10th house, we have the sun and Venus conjunct by degree. One is at 26 and one is at 27. So they are pretty much just right on top of each other in the 10th house. So there's some kind of nurturing in their career. If they are a performer, somehow they are nurturing with it. And there's some feeling or conveyance of nurturing and motherhood. Um, it could be psychic. It could have to do with the moon and night. Am I still making sense? Uh, I, I would say that... Um these are not qualities that she is uh, necessarily known for, mm -hmm. um, but uh, very well just could be things that we don't know about her. Okay. Well, now we're going to get to the pot of gold <laughs> because her 11th house, she has Jupiter, Moon, Mercury, and Saturn all in Leo in the 11th house, which is ruled by Aquarius and Uranus and is all about groups of people. And with all of this Leo there, she's either some kind of major leader or she is adored by groups of people for bringing light to their lives because Leo is the sun and this person has four, well, three planets and her moon in Leo in the 11th house. So that is quite a lot. Now, her 11th house is ruled by Cancer. Her 10th house is ruled by Gemini. So there could be something about communicating this nurturing in some way. But uh, this, you know, all of this stellium in Leo, that's a lot of Leo. I, I, I can't imagine that this person with this much Leo was not Leo-esque. Like, really kind of Leo-y. Lioness lady. And then we have the 12th house in Leo. But there's nothing in there. So, there is some sort of karma with this. Whatever she's doing, whatever way she is displaying her Leo, there is some sort of karma with that. 
Do you have any questions? Yes. Um, what would this person do if they felt that uh, they were uh, cheated out of something? I find it very hard to believe that this person would just sit down and do nothing. Even though they have Sun conjunct Moon, uh, Sun conjunct Venus in Cancer, I just feel with all this Leo, they would not. They would roar. But there's one aspect to this because they have this Mars in Capricorn, so it's possible they could strategize a way to correct it without you know the 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 fight the big fight but i mean luckily they have mars and capricorn because this is an awful lot of leo what is her relationship to uh money and status well she has Pluto in Taurus in the 8th house. So I would think that somehow there is money involved. Status. Um, she is Libra on her second house cusp. And all this Leo. Leos do kind of like to put people on notice of what they have you know so i would think that she would you would know that she was not poor by how she comes across and out the door and what she drives what is her relationship like with her siblings well she has Scorpio in the third house, and third house is the house of siblings, and she doesn't have anything in there, but she could be very protective of them. Her fourth house, she has Mars and Capricorn, so I don't really see um, any disadvantage to that, but she does have Neptune in Pisces at 29 degrees in the seventh house. So one-on-one -on -one relationships could be confusing to her. But with all this Leo, usually someone with that much Leo is very gifty and generous and, and loving, especially with the sun and Venus conjunct by degree in cancer. She does have Pluto opposed this Scorpio though. So, but she doesn't have any planets there, so it should, it should be okay. I don't see anything here that tells me she would have a bad relationship with her siblings. Is this a manipulative person? I would like to think not, because with this much Leo, they should be like, I don't know, Mrs. Santa Claus, you know, like really giving. Uh, but, I mean, there's dark side to every sign. So uh, this person could possibly be manipulative with that Mars and Capricorn and be really good at it, you know. I mean, they could even deceive 
people with their Neptune in Pisces at 29 degrees in the seventh house, um, if this is the correct birth time. But I would like to go with that this is not a person who would be out to deceive people. What is her relationship with her father? Well, she has Sun conjunct Venus. And so I would think that she would have a good relationship with her father. It's in Cancer and it's in the 10th house. So I don't see anything here. Her Mars at 24 degrees Capricorn is opposing her Sun and her Venus. So there is a chance that they could fight or have opposing views. But I would like to think that they got along. But she's going to have to have her way with all of this in Leo. You're not going to uh, force her to not do something she wants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And somebody with that much Leo, that's not how that's going to go. What is her relationship with the law? The law. Is she going to let rules? Uh, is she someone who adheres to rules, even if they get in the way of what she really wants to do? Or um, is she someone who sees them more as guidelines? Well, she does have Neptune in Pisces, in the seventh house, which is ruled by Libra, which is laws. So she could lean, <laughs> she could lean towards apologizing instead of asking permission. And she could be very creative with it. This Neptune at 29 degrees Pisces is fairly powerful with creating the illusion. But also, if any of these laws have to do with her work, with Lilith in her sixth house, she's not going to do something in a conventional way. Her work is not going to be conventional. What is her relationship with the truth? Well, honestly... um. I'm not going to say that, I mean, she doesn't have any of the indicators that I would look for for someone who's really, really going to be truthful. Uh, she does have Mars and Capricorn, and I think that people with Capricorn placements in good standing on the light side want to be correct with how they do certain things. The other side of that is for as correct as Capricorn can be. It can also be very manipulative and smart with it. Like Mars and Capricorn can be someone who can win a war or figure out like a Pink Panther way to rob a bank or a museum. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't see any indicators one way or the other that would make her, you know, drawn one way or the other in that. Is this a violent person? Could be. Could be. Uh, only because of this much fire. 
we have Jupiter conjunct Moon, conjunct Mercury, conjunct Saturn. Now, Saturn is restrictive, but also lessens. Uh, Mercury is thus a very fiery Mercury to have. Uh, Mercury in Leo, having Mercury in Sag, Mercury in Leo, Mercury in Aries. That's going to give you somebody who tells you what for if you get on the wrong side of them. And having Jupiter conjunct your moon, this person feels a lot. Huge, you know, because wherever Jupiter is, is big, a lot, so much, you know. So this person is, is, is practically exploding everywhere they go. Like they're just, whether it's like bursting into a room and hugging everyone and saying, oh, you're beautiful, da, 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 or literally walking around like a powder keg with all this fire. Because cancers are also not known for keeping their emotions hidden. A cancer will just Emotions will be all over you, you know? So here you have Sun conjunct Venus and Cancer, and then all of this Leo, you know? So, um, yeah. What is this person's legacy? Well, I would like to go with. <laughs> they were a very unconventional performer who brought healing and love to the masses. That's what I want to go with. But if not... I don't know. This could be like Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. The dark side of that. <laughs> Stealing money from all the people. Do you have any other final first impressions? I'm going to say that if this person is the light side of all this, I would like them a lot. I think they would be very creative, maybe even very psychic. They're rebellious enough for my taste. They have a very true interest in um, groups and humanity and, and healing them. Uh, they're probably a huge amount of fun to be around and uh, somewhat unpredictable as to where you might wake up in the morning. <laughs> you might take a flight to Costa Rica. I don't know. But um, the good side of this, I think I would like a lot. Well, I think we're ready for a summary of our findings. Okay. First thing that you said is that she would be very quick. Uh, she's quick thinking, quick wit, a quick talker. She has an immense vocabulary and that she would look put together. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a pretty person uh, mm -hmm. in a wholesome sort of way. Girl next door. Uh, this is a person who's mindful of money, um, is someone who'd be good at balancing finances, uh, but also would like to buy nice things. Mm -hmm. Uh there are things that she keeps to herself about, maybe secrets. Mm -hmm. uh, she is very strategic, very ambitious. Uh, her home would be nice and tasteful. Uh, healing groups of people through entertainment, uh, possibly entertaining children. Uh, she is rebelliously creative, has to do things different. Mm -hmm. uh, she is really intuitive, creative. Uh, could possibly be the dark side of that, uh, addicted to substances or alcohol. Uh, there is a death and rebirth in fortune. Mm -hmm. uh, communicating humanitarian things and learning in a unique way. Mm -hmm. 
nurturing in her career. Mm -hmm. uh, she could be a major leader or adored uh, for bringing light to groups of people, mm -hmm. uh, communicating through nurturing or nurturing through communicating. Uh, if she felt that she was wronged or cheated out of something, uh, she uh, could be prone to uh, a roaring outburst, or <laughs> she could strategize a way to uh, correct uh, this wrong uh, without fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, you would know that she is not poor uh, by the way that she carries herself and displays her things. Mm -hmm. uh, she could be very protective of siblings, mm -hmm. uh, but one-on-one -on -one relationships could be confusing to her. Mm -hmm. uh, she is not necessarily a manipulative person, uh, has a personality akin to Mrs. Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, she could have a good relationship with her father. Mm -hmm. uh, there uh, could be fights in the home, uh, and she has to have her way. Mm -hmm. Uh, she is more likely to apologize after doing something instead of asking for permission. Mm -hmm. uh, she is powerful in creating an illusion. Mm -hmm. uh, work is not conventional. Mm -hmm. uh, she wants to be correct. Uh, she could be a violent person. Uh, feels she her emotions the way that she feels emotions are huge. Mm -hmm. um, she could p has the potential to explode emotionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, she could be a very unconventional perform performer mm -hmm. who brought love to the masses mm -hmm. or someone who is stealing money from all the people. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. If uh, in the positive things uh, she would have mom's seal of approval, mm -hmm. uh, she is rebellious, creative, and unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Well, uh this person could certainly be described as unpredictable. Um, yeah, I, I, this is this is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. um, this is the astrological birth chart of Lizzie Borden. Oh, <gasps> oh! Are we sure that this is the birth time, though? Uh, I, it's the birth time that I found. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know what? No one, no one ever proved that she did that. That is true. No one ever proved that, that she, she did that. She was acquitted. But I'm going to say, if her father was doing the things that Thing, you know, if there was that much weirdness going on in that house, you know, this could turn ugly. All right. And she would probably get away with it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but I mean, I don't know that it, it was never proven that she did do this. She did definitely have death and rebirth of finances for real. That was like pendulum swinging but and unexpected things wow Ugh. okay i can't wait to hear about her i'm surprised you're doing her now and not like at halloween or something but okay i'm excited let's go so uh lizzie borden uh was born in july of 1860 in massachusetts to sarah morse and andrew jackson borden uh, in uh, Fall Rivers, uh, Massachusetts, um, 
there were sort of these founding families, and the Bordens were one of these founding families, mm-hmm. and many of the branches of the Borden family were very wealthy, and the owners of um, much of the land or the industrial aspects of the community, but uh, the father, Andrew, was not born into one of the wealthier uh, branches of the family. Uh, he was a self-made man. Uh, his father was a fishmonger. And uh, he uh, started uh, in that business and then continued on to uh, become a uh, carpenter, a furniture maker, a coffin maker, uh, and then continued to grow from there. Uh, he... Uh, uh, owned uh, several of the textile factories, eventually became an investment uh, banker uh, in uh, the banking, uh, uh, the community, uh, and uh, became one of the wealthiest men uh, in the uh, town. Mm-hmm. And in the town, uh, he uh, uh, the, the community was kind of split up. There were uh, the people who lived close to the river and the people who lived up on the hill overlooking the rest of the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who lived on the river were the poorer uh, immigrants, lots of Irish immigrants, Portuguese immigrants. Um, and then as you moved closer to the hill, you got into more middle-class families. Uh, but then the really elite and rich people lived up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Borden certainly had had the money to have a wonderful mansion on top of that hill, uh, except that Andrew uh, was very cautious with his money. Uh, some described him as a miser. Uh, he uh, would not have spent the money to have a large house on the hill. Instead, he took a tenement house that was uh, closer to the river and uh, turned that into the house that they would be living in. Hmm. Um, Lizzie uh, was the second of uh, two daughters uh, born to uh, Andrew and Sarah. Sarah died a few, uh, just shortly after um, Lizzie was born, uh, within a year. And uh, Andrew remarried to Abby Gray. And uh, the daughters didn't necessarily... um, Uh, like their stepmother, even though most people in the community described her, uh, Abby, uh, as being uh, the warmest person in that home. Mm. Um, uh, But uh, the two daughters resented uh, her being there, but especially resented uh, the conditions that their father made them live in. Mm. Uh, They wanted to have all the nicest things that uh, all the rest of their family had up on the hill, and uh, their father refused to give that to them. Um. Uh, uh, Lizzie, uh, usually if you were the daughter of a wealthy family member, you would be uh, courted and become a wife and have all sorts of social gatherings and hobnob with the Vanderbilts and go to Newport and go around the world. Uh, But that's not the life that she had. Um, So all she really had to do was uh, go to Sunday school, and she became a teacher uh, of the Sunday school uh, and had a prominent role in the uh, local temperance union. Um, And uh, she stole uh, things uh, from all of the merchants. Uh, There there was sort of a a deal that um, Andrew worked out with the merchants of uh, Fall Rivers uh, that uh, if they found anything missing after she had been through, uh, just to send him a bill uh, and keep it all hush-hush. In many ways, she was described as a kleptomaniac. Um. The uh, the sisters uh, very much uh, still uh, uh, resented the frugality uh, of uh, the 
father. Also, he started to show more favoritism towards the wife, Abby. Um, there was a situation in which Abby's uh, sister, uh, the the husband of the sister-in-law, had uh, passed away, and the sister was on hard times. And unless somebody purchased her home, um, uh, she was going to be out on the streets. And uh, Abby convinced Andrew to buy the house. Mm-hmm. And when the sister saw this, that he was willing to spend money on the wife's family who's not even blood mm-hmm. but not pay enough for them to have an extra dress mm-hmm. um they became very resentful uh, of the situation uh, and he tried to possibly fix this he bought them another rental property and said if you uh run this rental property yourself then you will have money to do all the things that you want to do mm-hmm. um but within a year that had uh foundered and uh, it, it was uh, a bust and he had to buy it back again um, wow. Then uh, Lizzie uh, went on a European trip, and uh, her father paid for him to, for her to go on this grand European tour with all the other Borden cousins. And uh, she comes back in the summer of 1892, and she is not very much um, uh, improved in her uh, behavior. Uh, she's even stopped calling Abby mother, even though uh, Abby had been in her life much longer than her actual mother had mm-hmm. been. Um, uh, Lizzie is, uh, in her, uh, uh, early thirties and Emma, uh, the other older sisters in her uh, mid thirties. In uh, August of 1892, uh, the older sister Emma uh, had left for a trip uh, to stay with some family. Uh, the uncle, uh, so the brother of her biological mother, John Morse, uh, he came uh, to the house uh, and stayed there uh, for a couple of days. And uh, the whole household had been sick for about four days. Mm. Um, and some people would later on believe that they were being poisoned um but they were all being poisoned Mm um other people think that uh andrew being the miser that he was uh was unwilling to get rid of the uh, molding lamb that was in his stew and uh, he had bought it and he was going to eat it and so they did um but lizzie starts putting the idea into her friends um head that uh, there are people who don't like my father and don't like his miserly ways and might come and do something. Um, uh, The year before, uh, someone had gone into the Borden house and stolen a number of Abby's things. Hmm. Now, uh, all signs would indicate that Lizzie would be the prime (laughs) suspect because she's a kleptomaniac, um, but never proven. Um, But because of that, everyone kept the doors locked uh, to uh, uh, the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, there are no hallways in this home. Uh, Each room opens into the next room. Uh, And so a lot of these rooms would also be closed and locked. Uh, The morning of August 4th, uh, the people who are in the house, there is the uh, mother and father, so that is Abby and Andrew. There's the uncle, uh, John Morse. And then there's the uh, live-in housekeeper and cook, um, Bridget Sullivan, Mm -hmm. uh, who the two daughters called Maggie uh, because uh, the previous housekeeper, her name was Maggie, and uh, they didn't want to learn a new name. Okay. Uh, So they just called her Maggie. All right. Um, 
they had breakfast, and that breakfast consisted of more of that moldy lamb stew and some Johnny cakes. And then uh, Uncle John uh, and Andrew both left the house. Uh, Uncle John goes to visit some other family members in town, and uh, Andrew goes to do business, check in on some of the uh, textile firms and the bank, and and, uh, go to the post office. Uh, Now, the forensic uh, people of the time Mm -hmm. uh, have... Uh, they decided that sometime between 9 a.m. and 10.30, um, uh, Abby uh, was uh, bludgeoned uh, in the head Mm -hmm. while she was uh, cleaning up the guest room that Uncle John had been staying in. Mm -hmm. And uh, after being bludgeoned uh, from the front of the head, she turned around, fell to the floor, and was bludgeoned 17 more times. Mm -hmm. Um, Bridget, during that time... uh, was uh, outside uh, talking to uh, one of the other maids of one of the other uh, households. Mm -hmm. Uh, So did not see any of that. Um, But uh, 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 Lizzie was in the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, At 1030, Bridget had come back inside the home. uh, And uh, at that same time, Andrew, uh, the father, had come back from his business. Mm -hmm. And uh, the doors were locked. Uh, mm-hmm. which they were normally locked, but he couldn't even get his key in the door because the deadbolt was locked. Mm-hmm. And so Bridget was having a, a, a terrible time trying to get the deadbolt. It was um, uh, kind of stuck. And she heard Lizzie laughing from the stairway okay. and uh, assumed that that laughter was at her expense. At that same place at the stairway, if you turned your head to the right, you would see uh, the body uh, supposedly, uh, uh, lifeless, uh, there of Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible that she was laughing at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but any case, no one necessarily knows that, uh, Abby is gone. Lizzie, uh, said at the time, uh, her later e- excuse was that she wasn't in the home at that time, mm-hmm. that Bridget, uh, was confused. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, by 11.10, Bridget had gone up the stairs uh, to uh, the attic. The attic is where her room was, Mm -hmm. which also, this is the most interesting part to me because I've looked at the maps of the house and it seems like there's only one staircase. Mm -hmm. And if uh, Abby was dead at 11.10, Bridget would have had to have seen the body as she walked up the stairs to her attic room Mm -hmm. to take a nap but never claims that she did so i don't i don't know i don't completely understand the timeline there but bridget goes upstairs leaving lizzie and her father uh on the first floor Mm -hmm. lizzie says that she took off her father's boots uh got him to uh rest uh, and he uh, takes a nap on the couch Mm -hmm. uh lizzie uh then uh, around uh, 1115, uh, 11.10, Lizzie goes up to uh, Bridget and uh, wakes her up mm-hmm. uh, and says, uh, someone has killed father. Someone has killed father. Mm-hmm. They go back down the three flights of stairs, uh, go to uh, the parlor where um, uh, the uh, the father, Andrew, is... Uh, has been bludgeoned to death in the head. Um, his face has been completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. His eye is outside of its socket lying on his cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 10 to 11 blows uh, to the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzie 
tells Bridget to go out and find Dr. Bowen. Dr. Bowen is their across-the-street neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Bowen is on a house call. Uh, then uh, she goes to Bridget and says to go find their good friend Alice. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she goes off to go find Alice. Their next-door neighbor, Mrs. Churchill, starts seeing people running back and forth from the home and uh, comes uh, to the door and sees Lizzie staring off into uh, space and through the screen door and uh, says, is, is there anything the matter? Can I help you? And Lizzie says, oh, uh, father is dead. Uh, come on in. Oh, my. And uh, so Mrs. Churchill comes okay. in uh, and sees the whole scene. Other people are starting. There's a there's a crowd that's starting to form outside um, the front yard of the house. And uh, so there are just regular pedestrians that are starting to go inside the house oh. and look at things. There are reporters. Uh, someone finally gets the doctor. The doctor comes and he uh, sees that um, the blood is all fresh mm -hmm. on the father. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so the, the, this assault had to have happened within the last half hour mm -hmm. or so. Um, the police, the most of the policemen in the town are having a picnic at this time. Uh, and there's only two uh, police officers in the station. Uh, they find one of them. He goes over uh, to the house, confirms that the father is dead, goes back to tell the chief. The chief goes, tells him to go back to the house. By that point, uh, people start asking, hey, where's your mom? And uh, no one over these last hour had uh, noticed that Abby was gone. Okay. Uh, and Lizzie said, oh, she's out. Uh, she's out of the house. That's the last I heard of her. Uh, she was uh, out of the house uh, checking in on a sick friend. Uh, and then someone finally goes up the steps and sees right from the staircase that uh, Abby uh, has been bludgeoned and uh, that the blood is dry. It's mm -hmm. coagulated. Mm -hmm. uh, so it had to have happened first. Mm -hmm. Uh, the police can now all the police are, are disrupted from their uh, picnic. They all come into the house. Um, Uncle John has now arrived and there are a number of conflicting stories about what he does. Um, some say that he asks the people around what's going on. They say there's been a murder inside the house and he goes over to the barn and gets a pear from a pear tree, eats the pear and then goes inside. Okay. Um, other people say that he goes just straight to the pear tree doesn't see the crowd outside the home, eats it, and goes inside. Um, but regardless, Uncle John's alibi is completely solid. His memory is so good that 20, 30 years later, he could still remember the number that was on the trolley that he took uh, to uh, go to his friend's house, okay. his family's house. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, uh, and, and recalls all the people who are sitting on the trolley. So uh, he, he's, he's very, he has a very good memory. Hmm. Um, the police are asking uh, Lizzie about all the things that are uh, uh, if she heard anything and and she gives kind of conflicting answers about where she had been. Um, and one of the policemen goes, uh, uh, well, do, do you know anyone who had anything against your mom? And Lizzie says, she's not my mom. She's my stepmom. Mm -hmm. And that kind of uh, uh, put uh, all the policemen kind of hushed after that mm -hmm. like that was a very strange answer to give at that time mm -hmm. so that is uh, august 4th uh four days later on august 8th uh lizzie is the prime 
suspect in all this. Um, the police had been able to go through, uh, ba- just going back to the fourth, the police were able to uh, find a few things. Uh, now, Lizzie, in every account anyone has about when they first find Lizzie, she is spotless. Not a bit of blood on her uh, with the amount of bludgeoning that happened, the person who did it would have to be covered right. head to toe in it. And there's not a spot on her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, the, it's very confusing about how this could have happened um, and what, what was being used. Now, uh, they did find um, uh, in the laundry that there was uh, one of Lizzie's undergarments had a pin prick of blood mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then there were some rags that were in the basement that had blood on them. Hmm. And when questioned about it, uh, Lizzie said, uh, that she was menstruating Mm -hmm. and, uh, all of the policemen were so embarrassed about it that they just let it be. Mm -hmm. Um, then while looking in the basement, they found, uh, underneath some wood ash that there was an ax head, uh, that the handle had been freshly broken off and that it had been put in some ash. Uh, that it, someone had tried to wash it and tried to dry it in some ash. Some accounts even say that it still had blood and it had hair on it. Mm. Um, so the policemen uh, take that uh, as evidence. Uh, and uh, then uh, the bodies are left in the home. Okay. Uh, the uh, coroner comes and does an initial autopsy in the home. Uh, to get the stomach contents uh, out. Wow. Uh, uh, and and bags those and takes those back to the lab. Then they're left there overnight okay. uh, on the dining room table. All right. Uh, and then are removed. Uh, then we get to August 8th and Lizzie is brought in with uh, the older sister, Emma, but with no lawyer. And she is questioned about what had happened. Dr. Bowen, prior to this, had given Lizzie some medicine for her nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, that medicine was morphine. Uh, so uh, none of Lizzie's answers uh, uh, make any sense. Uh, she says that uh, around uh, 10 o'clock she was downstairs with, um, uh, she was ironing things, and then she said that she was reading a magazine, and then she said that she was patching some clothes, and uh, then around uh, 10.45 when the murder of the uh, father would have happened, she says that she's outside eating pears, uh, and then she's in the barn looking for fishing lures to go on a fishing trip, uh, and the only thing that can be conclusive is that she was spotted by a teamster uh, who was uh, driving a wagon down the street at 1103 Mm -hmm. saw a woman who uh, we believe was Lizzie outside the home and that's around the same time that someone could still be inside the house murdering Andrew Mm -hmm. but uh, other than that none of these answers add up and she becomes the number one suspect and uh, on August 11th uh, she is arrested and charged with the crime of uh, murdering uh, both um, Andrew and Abby Mm -hmm. she's indicted on December 2nd one of the one of her friends, Alice, comes forward and says that a couple days after the funeral, uh, they were having a conversation in the kitchen. Abby got up, said, oh, I forgot to do something, goes to her room, gets a dress, gets that dress and throws it in the stove and burns it. OK. And Alice says, what, what, what was that? What, why are you doing that? And she said, oh, it had paint on it uh, and we can't fix it. So I, I burned it. Um. 
and then uh, one of the druggists who lives on the even seedier part of town comes forward and says that the day before the murders, uh, a woman who he thinks was Lizzie came to the drugstore asking for prussic acid um, to treat a sealskin cape. And uh, prussic acid is so poisonous that you cannot possibly get it, even in the 1890s, mm-hmm. from a drugstore uh, without a prescription. Mm-hmm. And so she leaves. Uh, But uh, this becomes more along the ideas that maybe this was even more premeditated than than people thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, The trial doesn't happen until June of the next year. So June 1894, the trial uh, starts happening. Um, Her defense team is like the the 1890s version of the dream team. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a former governor of Massachusetts uh, as one of her lawyers. The same governor who appointed one of the judges uh, who's uh, judging uh, the trial and uh, the absolute uh, best uh, lawyer in uh, Falls River, uh, Massachusetts. And uh, so they argue that you cannot uh, admit any of the things that were uh, said in that initial uh, questioning uh, because a lawyer was not present Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, that questioning was done. So the jury doesn't get to hear all the conflicting stories that she had. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also uh, say that you can't admit the stuff about the druggist because it's not confirmed Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it it happened uh, before any of this anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the jury doesn't get to hear about that either. Um, the prosecution managed before the funeral to uh, decapitate Abby and uh, Andrew, have their heads boiled uh, so that they could provide them as evidence during the trial. It's just their skulls. Okay. And uh, had the axe handle and showing how the axe handle fits into the holes that were bludgeoned into these skulls. Well, while they do this, Lizzie... Uh, seeing the axe uh, head going into uh, her father's head uh, faints uh-huh. uh, and everyone uh, then looks at uh, uh, her and uh, completely takes the uh, attention away from what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this trial, uh, women from all over Massachusetts started coming to this trial uh, amazed uh, that a woman was being on trial for uh, such a heinous crime Women were not ever tried for uh, uh, such a physical crime. Um, they, they always said that poison was a way that a women that women would get rid of their uh, uh, people that they wanted killed, mm-hmm. not this this heinous act. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there were tons of women, uh, and this became one of the first huge trials uh, nationwide. Uh, p- people from California were getting day-to-day updates about uh, this trial. Um, and so uh, it, it became sort of a national phenomenon. Um, one of the best forensic scientists that the prosecution brought as their witness uh, completely upended the prosecution story. Uh, he said that the uh, blood and the hair that was found on the hatchet was not human, mm-hmm. uh, that it came from a cow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that complete that now they don't even know for sure if they have the actual murder weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the trial uh, which was a really long trial for back then was 13 days. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these trials uh, were over by lunch uh, for homicide uh, back then. Uh, but 13 days at the conclusion, one of the judges, the one that was appointed by one of the lawyers for the defense, um, when he's giving the instructions, he pretty much uh, uh 
says the whole uh, defense argument again, saying, remember, she's a woman and remember all these things. So then the jury goes off. It's an all-male jury mm-hmm. because women weren't allowed to serve on juries in Massachusetts mm-hmm. till 1951. Uh, so it's an all-male jury. Within the hour, they come back not guilty. Uh, Lizzie has a, a fainting spell again. Uh, pandemonium uh, 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 ensues. Uh, after all this, Lizzie and Emma have their dream home. Mm-hmm. They have a 14-room mansion built on the hill. They continue to live in this town, but Lizzie doesn't have the same popularity yeah. that she had anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes back to church, and no one wants to sit within 30 feet of her. Mm-hmm. Um uh, she has this 14-room home built. She names it Maplecroft mm-hmm. and has that um, uh, uh, etched into uh, the sandstone steps. This was very uh, opulent uh, for the people of um, uh, Fall Rivers. Uh, so uh, they saw this as gaudy even, uh, that she would do this. Mm-hmm. Um, shunned by society, uh, she eventually finds a great love of the theater. Uh, she goes to uh, Broadway shows all the time and uh, becomes very good friends with a uh, actress named Nance O'Neill. Uh, in fact, invites Nance to uh, her home uh, on a number of occasions, and then uh, Nance lives with her for uh, a number of uh, months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma didn't like any of this, thought, uh, as many people of the time did, that uh, actresses were akin to prostitutes, mm-hmm. that this is uh, uh, very beneath you. She uh, moves to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people today who... Uh, or at least over the last 50, 60 years, who have offered all of these conflicting ideas about um, uh, the possible sexual exploits of Lizzie and saying that possibly Lizzie was having a lesbian uh, relationship with Nance O'Neill. But there's nothing confirmed about here. Other people offer that the whole reason this happened was because she was having a relationship with Bridget. Uh, But uh, if you have a housekeeper that you don't even call by her actual name, (laughs) I don't know what kind of uh, relationship you're having with her, but whatever. Um, So Emma, she leaves. She goes to New Hampshire and hardly ever speaks to her sister again. Uh, Lizzie uh, becomes uh, sort of this uh, pariah in the community. But I I think it's amazing. She just stays in the same town uh, the whole time uh, until uh, uh, in the 1920s. And uh, people who grew up in the town, um, there's this uh, rhyme that comes about from uh, the murders. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Lizzie Borden bought an axe Mm -hmm. and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so children all in the community would dare each other to go and touch the doorknob of the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, But she was uh, a very... Um, she was known to the children who actually encountered uh, her uh, as being very kind and offering them candy. And she loved animals. She had cats and dogs everywhere. Um, she passes away in 1927, and she leaves her entire fortune to the animal shelter. Wow. Um, and uh, she is buried in the same section of the uh, family cemetery uh, with uh, Andrew and Abby mm-hmm. um, and Emma would pass away just a few days later wow. and uh, she was also buried uh, back in that same cemetery uh, so um, it, it, this has continued 130 almost years now mm-hmm. um, that we are um, well actually yes 132 years mm-hmm. uh, since all of this um, uh, uh, 
people, new books come out every year about they know what actually happened and we have new evidence, but really no one ever knows. And that's what keeps it uh, so alive in our um, uh, collective memories. And uh, you can go to the house where the murders happened. And for the last 50 years, it's been a bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has been painstakingly restored to the way that it was. Um, And then in the rooms, they have pictures of the... um, the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can uh, go to sleep uh, with all the skulls and <laughs> no. pictures of uh, bludgeonings uh, around you. And uh, I'm sure the ghost adventure shows go there all the time <laughs> and see if they can uh, uh, unlock what actually happened. But it's become a whole industry for the community. Um, it, it, it's a uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, it certainly was back then. Took the nation uh, by storm, and uh, still does uh, to this very day. Uh, people consider it the American Jack the Ripper. Although I think uh, our our uh, friend of the show, Doctor H H Holmes, is much more closer <laughs> to that story. Um, but uh, it, it is um, amazing when you look at uh, the gender politics of the time and um, uh, all all. Of the uh, different aspects of American life uh, of the 1890s that this story really hits a nerve um, everywhere. Uh, and uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting story and uh, it's very hard to make a, a conclusive argument one way or the other, whether she did it or not. Um, or if uh, she had an accomplice, uh, or if she got some other guy to come in, or what happened. Um, it, it's, uh, it's very confused. Uh, it's a confusing situation. Um, I think uh, that uh, there are some things that, that make sense here, but this is um, definitely a, a, a more surprising chart uh, than, than others that we've dealt with. Well... There's a lot to unpack here. One, what you're saying about Lizzie and Emma sounds as if, I mean, these are grown women, you know, expecting their father to pay for them to live an opulent lifestyle. Um, There's a lot of information out there with regard to this family and the dynamic and things that went on here. Uh, A lot of it is not favorable. And part of the issue is that people are not murdered in that way, with that level of passion, unless there is some extreme situation that is being unleashed on them. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like, uh, uh, I mean, even a serial killer, like the, the serial killers will do horrifying things to the people and then kill them. But they don't necessarily, they don't kill them like that. They, I mean, they kill them, but they don't kill them like that. So there's a lot to be said about that. So, there's that side of it, that it's an extremely passionate murder. All right. Um, and, it, you know, it's like, okay, you're talking about an axe that has cow hair on it. Um, why? Why does an axe have cow hair on it? You know, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> they live in town. 
mean, they're not, I don't understand that part. That one, that part's kind of weird. But at the very beginning, when I got to the seventh house and I was talking about Lilith and I, in Pisces, and I was talking about um, Neptune in Pisces at 29 degrees in the seventh house can be insanity, you know? So, uh, depending on what all may or may not have happened in that house, if there were heinous things happening in that house, then the way that these people were murdered basically fit the behavior that they were exhibiting. So I think you're, you're, you're making reference to one of the theories being that there was some sexual harassment going on in the With house. With the stepmother and the father. So and the, both these, daughters. The, there, these are all theories from my research that were brought about in the later part of the 20th century mm-hmm. um, without much primary sources to uh, um, right. Uh, corroborate right. this. There's nothing to uh, validate it is just, it other than it, the it way a, they were murdered. Right. And that, that being so intense, the passion of how to beat someone in their head and their face. Yep. Sorry, guys, if this is getting too much for family members, uh, Chandler, we might want to pull back a little bit. But um, what I'm trying to say is that behavior psychologically is based in torment. And uh-huh. and to remove this, like to erase this by removing the features. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's that. But I'm not going to say this. This woman could have an, a, an enormous temper. This woman could be crazy because she has Neptune at 29 degrees in Pisces. And she has it conjunct her Lilith. And Lilith is not to be controlled period you know and she's got this uh wow and that's unfortunate too because i mean clearly she would love the theater but uh it's it's the same as other people that we've done their charts where it's like wow this could have been a really cool person you know but uh i mean i look at this chart and i'm like yeah i totally could have hung with her you know but mm, yeah that's that's a lot but i mean pluto in taurus in the eighth house death and rebirth of the finances and mm, uh, Mars in Capricorn opposing her son and her Venus in the 10th house North node in Aquarius. And I mean, if this is the right birth time, but I mean, we don't really know that this is the right birth time for sure. Right. You know, I mean, it could not be, but I mean, the passion would still be there for all of these planets in Leo and the emotion would still be there for these planets in Cancer and uh, Moon conjunct Jupiter in Leo, you know, Pluto in Taurus would still be about money, you know, and no matter where you put this Neptune, (laughs) it could be crazy. So, you know, it doesn't matter where the Neptune is. It's 29 degrees Neptune and Pisces, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's quite the mystery, but I mean, who, no one, no one else died in that town like that. I mean, the, what's there the were motive? Some, 
There were some other axe murders that happened um, within that same year. Uh, they uh, claim that the person that they found who did those, who they think did it, um, wasn't in town at that same time. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's unlikely that it wasn't one of the people that was in in that home that morning. How do you not um, hear that? I mean, you and I have been in very old houses. You hear mm-hmm. everything. Right. There's no way you couldn't have heard it. Right. But she, if these uh, two people were what some have described them as being, then everybody could have been in on it. Because I don't know what Bridget got. I mean, the, after uh, yeah, she there are... There's all sorts of uh, explanations of uh, it being Bridget, it being Dr. Bowen working with um, uh, uh, Lizzie and Emma, Mm -hmm. um, Uncle John, all these people. uh, Some people say it was just some crazy person um, who came in off the street, though it's kind of hard to... You know, the doors were locked all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but are they making up that part of the story so that, you know, th- th- there's so many different things that we'll just never know. Right. Um, which which continues, uh, you know, sh- she'll, the whole situation will um, continue to be talked about for uh, uh, centuries afterward mm-hmm. and um, will continue to be a, uh, a source of income for the people of that <laughs> yeah. uh, Massachusetts community, uh-huh. um, much as uh, the, the Salem witch trials are for the people in Salem. Mm-hmm. It's um, the one historical event that you can then milk for uh, uh, the next uh, century. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say that I don't see anything in this chart that screams super issue you know i just don't i don't see that so i mean it's possible she had nothing to do with it maybe yeah i i would say on our scale of right on the money to way out in outer space this is uh, somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. um there's nothing in here that is necessarily completely um, against what we know about her, mm-hmm. um, it, but it certainly didn't have uh, the qualities that one would expect in hearing the story of what we think that she did, mm-hmm. um, though it is possible that she didn't do anything, mm-hmm. um, though uh, uh, highly unlikely, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is um, so somewhere probably the right day, probably the right time of the morning, but a couple things could be uh, uh, reinvestigated to see if there's a more accurate birth time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. And then that would move everything around. I don't know how much good that would do to move everything around, but uh, I do feel that this Neptune in Pisces and this Lilith conjunct Neptune in Pisces could be the culprit. This, this could be the crazy factor right here. I mean, Uh that teamed with this level of fiery temper and this Mars opposing this sun and Venus with the father. But I mean, they also, I mean, they're so, they're so angry. They're both so angry and it's kind of like 
this is, it's like, this is not really just, a, I don't know, but I don't know how intense he was. I mean, if he's making them eat rotten food, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of bad. But I don't know how many people ate rotten food back then because I don't know when they, did they have an icebox? Was he paying? I mean, they were around, but. You know, um, did they have one? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because he doesn't, like, there's gas um, for gas lights in the home, and he does not have gas lighting in the house. Uh-huh. Um, and th- it's been around for a while. In yeah. fact, so much so that people are starting to get electricity. Yeah. So um, he was, um, he, he knew how to pinch a penny. Yeah. Well, <coughs> I mean, I don't know how that worked out. And I, I have to say that I'm kind of leaning on the side I mean, that I don't think he or his wife were good people, but I don't know. I mean, clearly, there's a lot going on here that no one will ever know. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. This was a good Uh, choice, Chandler. I'm very interested. I think so many people are so interested in this mystery. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, that uh, wraps up uh, this episode of History in Retrograde. We'd like to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, If you'd like to reach out and support the show, we have all sorts of links provided in the show description. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, episodes from our first season are are published uh, up there. And you can actually follow along and see uh, the same things that I get to see when uh, Mom goes uh, through these charts. (laughs) Um, If you could uh, like and subscribe to that channel, of course course uh, please subscribe uh, on whatever podcasting uh, source you're getting this on and uh, leave us a review uh, or a, a five star rating this is a podcast all about stars so your stars uh, would be very much appreciated uh, if you would like to be your very own mystery history guest we can make that happen just uh, email chandler's mom at history and and she can get with you about all the details on how to make that happen Absolutely. And you can get anywhere that we are by going to the website at www.historyandretrograde.com. And you can contact me from there. And we can take a look at any of your charts. And you, we can do charts for you. We can do charts for that significant other. We can do charts for your children. We have, there's so many, there's so many to choose from. And I very much am enjoying all the work I'm doing with all the people I'm working with. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being there and listening. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, in conclusion, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Salisbury Creek Studios. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.